1: Want naturally simple skincare for men? Try Swiss skincare for men range from Chemist Warehouse. This is in the red with Justin
2: Marshall and Ricardo
0: Ball on SENZ. Yeah, welcome into I C Red here on SENZ. Uh, Ricardo Ball, Justin Marshall, with you. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Uh, Marshy, how is the weekend, mate?
2: Yeah, good evening to you, Ricardo, and good evening to all of our listeners joining us for In The Red. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I, I kind of was trying to think about the weekend, uh, like summarising it and going, did it kind of play out the way everyone expected it did? Um, I think it really did. Uh, so, you know, in terms of rugby, uh, not socially, but <laughs> certainly rugby, Um I think if you were in any of the sports tipping teams or anything like that and you were picking all the super regular results, there were no real upsets. There was nothing that kind of stuck out as being unusual from uh, what we predicted would happen. So... Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was still uh, entertaining, and um, yeah, I, I enjoyed myself. To be perfectly honest, what about you, mate?
0: Yeah, well, mate, I yeah, pretty much agree. Although I did, I did have a little sneaky tickle on the drua to beat the Highlanders, just because the way the drua have been going, and obviously the way the Highlanders mm-hmm. have been going now. But uh, the Highlanders really turned it up, and I know we had to talk about the uh, the Crusaders, but that uh, it was a pleasant surprise to see the way they managed to put the drua away in Dunedin. Yeah, it
2: was, and you know what. Um, this is obviously a curse for me, given the bet you gave me last week um, <laughs> that Steve Devine actually set me up for. Um, I actually did the same, so I've obviously fallen into the trap. But I actually thought uh, that the, I actually thought that I think the drawer, when I was looking at it, were paying nearly three fifty, and mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, that's a slippery little bet that I might sneak into, but. Um, yeah it didn't eventuate that way uh, the Highlanders uh, hung tough the juror were off on the ga- off on the night and everything else sort of predictably found its way throughout the usual results you would have thought for the rest of the weekend. so you and I are obviously of the same ilk uh we're, the, we're, we're the, we are I, I don't know we're gamblers <laughs> and, and <laughs> so, we and we're not great at it no, that's exactly <laughs> right we're gamblers, and we're kind of looking for. That possibility or that outside option, whereas if you stuck to your guns and went through all of the other games and said, yep, bang, 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 and become a multi-type better, you would have done quite well for the weekend because everything sort of played out the way it should have.
0: Yeah, 100% agree, mate. Um, we should talk Crusaders. They, of course, had the Brumbies, and we were talking it up last weekend. Uh, well, last Monday has been, you know, uh, potentially game of the round, the way it was shaping up. But then we saw the Brumbies team, and uh, wasn't the team we expected Probably wasn't quite the result we expected either, uh, especially you know going into that last ten minutes. I thought the Brumbies were still in it. You know they were only what ten points off off, off the Crusaders, which was probably a little bit of a surprise.
2: Yep, and I, I go all the way back to us being in in the red last um, Monday night, and I was I was kind of very vocal in saying I'm not entirely convinced uh, about the Crusaders and the lineup they're going to put out. Uh, you know, I did say that I felt. They maybe needed a little bit of punch in the midfield, and Leicester Foying Nuku might be that guy that they may shift there. A um, little bit of vulnerability that they haven't had in the outside backs. Uh, Severus out for quite a long time. They're actually saying now, Ricardo, and I don't know if people out there know that he quite possibly could be out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Haveli um, having his issues. Will Jordan uh, playing Fergus Burke at fullback uh yeah you know are they vulnerable and then there's a uh, brumbies team landing on your doorstep that are stacked full of wallabies haven't lost a game uh beat the blues um you know they're more than capable and this is probably an opportunity for the brumbies more than anything so i was a very i was very circumspect i was like buddy hell you know where's this going to end up but as it turned out we had a a side that i didn't predict stephen Larkham. Um, well, Laurie Fisher, Fisher would put out, uh, and uh, it left seven Wallabies and top line players at home, sitting in Canberra, watching the game, rather than playing in it. And I look perfectly honest, mate. This is I know this is in the red, but you know, it'd be interesting to see if there's a text message or two coming through from some Crusaders fans or even outsiders who look at the Crusaders from the exterior saying. Did, did we expect the Brumbies to sort of back off this contest because it's one that they possibly could have gone into uh, targeting, putting the Crusaders on the ropes for the rest of the comp, making them three losses and two of them being at home out of five, uh, rather than maybe going, oh, maybe this is not a game we can't win. So we'll throw the rest of the squad out and just see how we get on. I'm really intrigued to what people think. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, you can give us a text on that double eight double three because I, I think that's a really good point that you you bring up. Mm. Uh, I I would argue that Stephen Larkin may have missed a trick here. Um, uh, you know, yeah. what you're saying is that you know the the Crusaders were vulnerable this weekend, and he if he had brought a full strength side, they might have tipped them over in Christchurch. Well, they never are, Ricardo.
2: And you know, I'm I'm speaking from the heart here. Like when you look at the Crusaders, they are a side that. That they never really show a lot of weakness, but at the moment they are suffering a massive uh, injury toll and they've got some of their key people out. And equally, like, you throw Sam Whitelock back into the mix against the Blues when he was missing the weekend before, and holy moly, I think I sort of said he was my, my crusader of the round, quite possibly, and, um, you know, he, he was missing. And, and, and he's a guy that just goes, you know what, boys, Brumby's Crusaders got big history. We've got a front for this because they're a tough side, they're at full strength. Uh they've not lost. You know, this is but he wasn't even there. <laughs> and if I'm, I'm Stephen Larkin, I'm going, holy moly, they're not only missing Harvely and Reese and quite a quite a uh, few others, Jack Goodhue, you know, they're a little bit disjointed. Um, I'm going, and White Lock's now out, far out. Let's just go at this game, let's go at it hard. And, 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 you know, for want of a better way to put it, put the sword into them. Mm. Um, but he he backed off instead. I, I asked him off camera. I was like, mate, what, what why did you not come into this and really try to approach it in a way that if you're ever going to win this comp, you've got to be able to beat the Crusaders at some point in the competition somewhere and possibly at home. And this was your opportunity because they're actually a little bit depowered at the moment. And he just said, nah, mate. He gave the diplomatic answer, which pissed me off, to be honest. He just said, mate, uh, nah, you know, this is about squad balance. And, you know, we we, we felt that this side, you know, the typical, we felt this side could come here and do the job and blah, blah, blah. It, to me, it was like a concession of, I don't agree. I feel even with our full-strength side and them slightly off, it's probably a game that we were really stretching to win. So... We we left them at home and we rested them and we got the wire ties next weekend. Uh, I don't know. That's just me, mate, throwing it out there.
0: Well, you know, I, I don't disagree with you because I, I think, you know, they they went a lot closer than I think most would've thought they did would have you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying I um, thought know, Ryan okay. Lonergan was again very very good I mean he drove everything they did and uh, you know like you said you, you were missing White Lock. You know, Sevu Reese there there were so many uh, Crusaders are down underpowered because they've got so many out injured um, Cullen Grace is, is another one uh, that it was a, that was a perfect opportunity and the other thing is the Brummies I, I can't remember the exact stat but some of that haven't beaten the Crusaders in Christchurch in 14 years or something so even from a mental point of view and a belief point of view later in the comp, as you mentioned, what could that do for your team come business time?
2: Yeah, okay. So, right, Ricardo, you, you're not a Crusaders man, are
0: you? No, no, no. I'm born and bred in Auckland, mate. So you know
2: exactly for my sins. So, if you if you were if you were looking at it and saying to yourself, all right, I, Crusaders versus the Brumbies, the massive history that these two sides have got, and you were thinking. OK, if I'm, if, I, if I'm in the Brumbies camp thinking that I'd like to actually stick the knife into the Crusaders, would you not be thinking, let's do this right now? Like, come on, Brumbies. And when you saw their side, did it slightly not annoy you going, oh, OK, well, why have they done that? Mm. Because I, I think the rest of the country are probably thinking, look, I also spoke to Razor after the game, and I, I sort of said, look, mate, you must – he actually said to me, um, he said – maybe Australian rest period or whatever he said. I can't remember quite what it was, but I said, you know what, given your circumstances and where you've been uh, and what you've faced, you must have been quite happy that he didn't put his full full side out. (laughs) And he was like, oh, mate, I don't know what it is. He said said it's still a home game, but I think perfect scenario for him was for the Brumbies to have done what they've done. Um, This is in the red, and I'm speaking – kind of from everybody else's perspective, saying, you know, they like to see the Crusaders vulnerable, they like to see them down a little bit, but when they were, a team that had the chance to actually really get stuck into them backed out of the contest to a degree. Now, I'm I'm saying that respectfully, but they still put up a good fight, and you're right, going back to what you initially said. Yeah, they were in the game, the Brumbies, but come on, let's be honest, mate. let's, Let's say... If you're sitting down there, either at the stadium or on TV, did you actually ever, at one, at any point, think the Crusaders were going to lose that game?
0: No, nah, not. I will I tell you what I did, mate. I had a weekend away from the family, right? For I was down in Christ, yeah. down in Christchurch from early Saturday morning to Sunday mid-afternoon. So Friday night, I sat down and I thought, I need to watch this game. So I watched the first yeah. half, and at halftime, I went, I can do something with the family now. I know what's going to happen. I switched it off.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did that yesterday. <laughs> no, <it's- laughs> I had to commentate the Crusaders game, but I sort of thought at no point did I ever think the Crusaders were going to lose. Like, the Brumbies just didn't have a few of those real key influential players like Nick White, Nigley, as how you know, Pete Samu's been to the, that patch before, played there as a Crusader, going, boys, this is just a stadium, don't worry about it, we can get this job done. A few of their key personnel, their strike players like uh, Tom Wright, you know, they, they all those guys that, a kind of their key experienced Wallabies weren't there. So at, at the end of the day, I never sort of felt that the Crusaders were even in jeopardy of winning it. And going back to what you said, yeah, Sunday was that day for me where I thought, oh, the fourth is niggly team. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go against the Blues. But then once the game sort of got around that 30-minute mark and Talia made a few breaks and the scoreboard started to go away, I thought, yeah, I know what this result was going to be. So... I started channel flicking and ended up on the Warriors game because I knew inevitably it was going to play out the way that you expected it to. Yeah,
0: yeah, 100%, mate. Uh, We had actually have a couple of texts through. Uh, Jim and Tamuka said, uh, looking like Brumby's surrender before the game was played, we're going to lose, so we're going to play our B team. Can teams with injury problems bring in extra players from the outside or not?
2: Uh, No. Um, They've got to have long-term injuries. So none of those players that the Brumbies rested were injured. Um, and, and Stephen Larkham, I asked him, and he didn't say that there was any director from Australian rugby. And then I t- tuned into the rest of the games for the weekend, the Waratahs and the Reds in particular, yeah. who have got Wallabies in them, and the likes of O'Connor and uh, uh, Pattaya and all those blokes, and, right, all those key Wallabies were playing for the other teams. So it was simply a Brumbies' decision to say, we are now going to look at the balance of the season and we will decide for this game that these players are not coming with us. So, look, when, when I thought about it, mate, I was thinking, right, make okay, it, where am I coming from? How can people understand me here? Because not many people can, Ricardo, and you're doing well. But um, I was just thinking, how am I trying to explain this? Because I've got a Crusader's heart. Yeah. And I want the Crusaders to win every single game that's in front of them and every single final that they came in, come into. So I try to look at it from, a, 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 I guess, a, a non-biased situation and going, if I was to be coaching or playing against the Crusaders, where would I attack them? And that weekend would have been where I would attack them. Brumbies, like I said, 4-0, and really, really good side and heaps of wallabies and a genuine opportunity to grab them with a bit of an experience in the side, White lock in particular missing, I would go at that scenario, yeah. and the Brumbies didn't. And also I'm a traditionist, and, and people will know having watched Super Rugby right from its inception, Brumbies have always been the side that out of Australia that are consistent. They play rugby against you. They want to take you on. They're showing that this year under Stephen Larkin because he's just a genius and that's the way he played and he haunted me for years and I thought, bloody hell, this is a blockbuster game Friday night to kick off our weekend and I felt it fizzled right from the minute they named their team the Brumbies and the Crusaders just got the job done Uh, and it, it really let them off the hook.
0: Yeah, no, 100% agree mate I've just actually heard from Dan Bowden He's keen to have a chat mate So uh, he's up in Japan So uh, we'll get to Dan shortly mate But uh, before we do that uh, The DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway uh, Marshy. and you know every week I ask you for a Crusader of the round So who was your Crusader of this round?
2: Yeah, in a performance that I thought uh, When they had a little bit of inexperience missing And they needed um, players to step up Lots of chat coming out of the weekend before about the likes of Dallas McCow uh, Cloud who really fronted Fergus Burke at fullback, whoever's going like, Oh my god, what are we doing playing him there? Um, you kind of look at the core and go, how did the core operate? And yeah, I certainly looked at the core and I thought without the hardness, the Crusaders could have easily drifted out of that game and I think even a couple of times in commentary, I literally said "good line," "good run," or "holy <laughs> shit, moly or something like that. I couldn't say shit on. I can say it on here, but I can't say it on TV. Um, Ethan Blackett, mate, like, he's just got Crusaders DNA in his system, and I think he's what they need when they miss a White Lock or a Cody Taylor or a Joe Moody who's playing exceptional rugby right now, and he could have been another one of the uh, the, the contenders for me. But I just, I know his old man. I know when we needed stuff done in the day, Toddy used to step up and he didn't do it with any razzle-dazzle. He just did it with hardness. Ethan Blackadder for me was my crusader of the round because he was what we needed on the night.
0: And that's what you got, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch the action live on Sky Sport or get your tickets at superrugby.co.nz at 16 past 7. when we come back, Dan Bowden joins us out of Japan. It's 20 past 7 here on SENZ on IC Red, our Crusader show, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Uh, Ricardo Ball, Justin Marshall with you. And joining us out of Japan is Dan Bowden. G'day, Dan, how you doing? Oh, I know. Sorry, Ben's still talking to him. Ben's still talking to him, that's right, It's probably, what you're getting tips on the best sushi bars Ben? Right, okay, good, good. Uh, Dan, g'day mate, thanks for joining us. No problem mate, how are you? Yeah, good mate, how's Japan treating you? Yeah, not too bad actually, um, weather's
1: starting to warm up, so pleasant place to be at the moment.
0: Nice mate, nice. Now uh, we were just talking about the Crusaders Brumbies game and uh, Marshy was very critical of uh, Stephen Larkham. Uh, as coach on the team that he named, really name, naming effectively a, a B team, if you like, for the Brumbies to take on a Crusaders team who are a bit undermanned and struggling with injuries. What was your take on the lineup that you saw?
1: Yeah, I was pretty surprised, to be fair, as well. Um, pretty similar to Marshall. I wondered uh, whether, um, you know, did they have to rest a few players due to. Um, no. Some sort of rotation. No, no, there's
0: none of that. Yeah, Marsh actually asked um, Stephen Larkin, uh, you know, off camera, and he said, no, no, none of that. So,
1: Yeah, I was really surprised. Look, like, I understand I'm more for giving people opportunities early part of the season, etc. But it just seemed a an odd juncture of the season to do so. It seemed odd to do that, effectively throwing the towel in. And I know they're going to turn around and say, look, they've got the great depth and they're trying to give everyone an opportunity. But it just seemed the odd time. You know, if you're tr- struggling to build momentum in a season, it seems like it's uh, a yeah, difficult one to understand, really.
2: Hey, Danny, mate, I really appreciate you joining us, and thank you so much. In fact, I messaged Ricardo and said you'd be the perfect guy. Uh, we so enjoy your thought process into the game and your analysis and everything you've got to offer. And equally, I kind of wanted to hit you with a decent question in early doors as well. <laughs> no offence, <laughs> <but>, um, <laughs> yeah, I was... Look, I, I want to get your thoughts on the midfield. Um, look, I certainly felt that Dallas McLeod and Braden Eno did a really good job against the Blues, and it actually surprised me, um, to be honest, because I, th- I thought we were lacking punch in that area. Um, they teamed up again at the weekend, but I did say that I felt maybe there's an opportunity for Leicester uh, in the midfield. Are you happy with the way that we're trending in that position at the moment in 12 and 13?
1: Yeah, I am. I'm actually a really big fan Marci, of Dallas McLeod. Um, I think he's got that physical presence that potentially we've lacked. So look, like, uh, Davey Harvilli, when he plays in the midfield, is obviously a wonderful ball player. But Dallas just straightens the attack. He runs inside his shoulders really well and checks defenders. And... But Braden, he you knows a speed back, right? So he's always going to try and get to the outside. He's obviously a very good finisher. Mm. You're not wrong, though, mate, around Leicester. Um I thought what was very smart was the way, obviously, he's rearing Jersey 11, but even when he scored that try off the little back peel off the line-out, he was a downrunner, so he's positioned and leaving from the midfield. So that's quite smart in the way that they're using him, Um, obviously, to be the first-up lead carrier. So, look, oh, I don't mind persisting with the way it's going at the moment. I believe Jack Goodhue may be back soon, too, from his coin injury, so he'll obviously add another presence when he comes back.
2: So, when you, you're obviously coaching and and you're doing very well, um, so let, let's throw you into the situation that you are Crusaders back coach. Like, when you look at it and you go, okay, Sevu's out, um, Will Jordan's out, we're now having to play a first five at fullback. Where, where, where do you think about the balance of the back line and where you can get the best out of every player? Are, are you happy that they are? Basically, not picking fee Haki, who's a fullback, um, and they're manipulating their backline around the fact that you know they can put a first five at fullback. Are you, as a coach, is that what you think about?
1: It's a great question, Marcy. I reckon um, two things. Obviously, I'm not sure what the reason why fee Haki isn't being selected, and obviously, those in the know will, will have their reason. Um, it would seem like a really simple switch to move him to fullback or even to the wing where he's played a lot of rugby, um, even for Canterbury. Um, Fergus Burke, I think, made a really good fist to play fullback, but they've obviously got their reason and the second second part is that they're able to manipulate, as I said, with Lester and moving him to carry your first phase. They're getting around it. Um, it just depends on how long they want to continue with that and if Jack Goodhue is back and available soon, do they move Braden or to the wing and You know, like, does he want to be comfortable playing on the right-hand side of the field? And at the moment, mate, I'll give it a pretty good pass, Mark, because it's going okay. Um, As they go deeper into the season, I'll be interested to see if they do change their mind.
0: What about what the Crusaders are doing um, at at halfback at the moment, mate? Because I've got a couple of very good halfbacks who are are very experienced. It seems like they're kind of, uh, you know, uh, Drummond is probably just edging it at the moment, but Willie Hines is pretty good backup. I mean, how do you how do you handle that when you've got two guys who you've effectively probably got two number ones there?
1: Oh, well, I think after, you know, Mr. Drummond's had a very good career and he's he's waited really patiently after Bryn Hall obviously has, has come over here actually to Yamaha. Um and probably deserves the the fair crack. Look, we all know Willie Hines is a very good player and ended up playing um test matches for England, but he's probably um, really comfortable in his own skin of the role that they're asking him to play, which is to come on and either change the tempo of the game or close the game out. Fury experience, been around a really long time. He's getting a little bit long in the tooth now. So um, look, he's a heck of a competitor in great shape too, uh, Willie. So he'll be adding, um, you know, invaluable support to, to Mitchell Drummond. I also think they're doing a really good job just waiting in the wings with Noah Hotham and and while I'm at it, just adding in Taha Kimura, those two are probably the future of the franchise, in all honesty. And um, the way they're just nurturing them along is is really good to see.
2: All right, mate, last question. We're, we're all about, um, not only in the red, but it seems as well about self-promotion. So uh, you're obviously in Japan at the moment, <laughs> coaching for Yamaha. Is that what you're up to currently?
1: Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm with Todd Blackadder, actually, the... the Ah. the king of Christ the king of we are at Toshiba so um we've got a pretty handy side we've, we've picked up um Richie Mowanga which is put in pretty well documented we've got a whole stack of crusaders here mate. we've got Matt Todd uh Tom Taylor we've had Tim Bateman it's had a pretty good um success rate in the last few while with crusaders uh, we've managed to pick up Shannon Brazil for next year so um look we're oh. trying to steal as many players out of New Zealand as many as we can
0: yeah, well, you're doing it well, mate. Doing it well. You're going to have to rename yourself the, two, the Toshiba Crusaders.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, mate, when you've got a good thing going, you just keep going back to the well, and I think that's all we're going to
0: do. Yeah, so till till Richie uh, gets up there after the World Cup, Dan, are you, are you running the cutter at 10, are you?
1: Oh mate, I wish, mate. Not in my current physical shape, to be fair. Well, I've visited too many, uh, <coughs> too many sushi bars at the moment, so it hasn't <laughs> been great.
0: Hey, mate uh, Dan, just before we let you go, um, and, and I know that uh, Justin touched on this with the Crusaders, but at the moment, if if the All Blacks had a test this weekend, who would be your All Black midfield?
1: Oh, that's a wonderful oh. question. Ah, well, Antonina Brown's not even fit, is he? So no,
0: he's got a He's still battling an ankle.
1: Oh, mate, I'd have to say Jordy and Rico, just because there can't be too many other alternative options at the moment. Mm,
0: Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. All right, good stuff, Dan. Thanks very much for coming on at short notice. Really appreciate it, brother. Thanks, brother. No stress, boys. Take it easy. Yeah, you too, mate, you too. Um, Marshy, the the obvious question is how come uh, you haven't had a call-up? Sounds like every other Crusaders at Toshiba. What what have you done wrong? You upset (laughs) Todd at some point? (laughs)
2: I'll tell you what, mate. If you want to be on the gravy train, that's where you want to be, so... (laughs) Look, now that I'm aware, because I wasn't aware, yep. I'll, I'll be putting my hat in the ring. <laughs> Don't worry about that, Ricardo. <laughs> holy moly. I feel like I'm really, it's like I've got massive FOMO all of a sudden in like, about the last 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> now, one oh, uh, last God. question for you, mate, because we didn't get to it earlier, because we need to get it to Dan. I asked you for your Crusader of the round. Who was your player of the round outside of the Crusaders?
2: Uh, yeah, I spoke about that yesterday on the uh, Bunnings Trade Rugby run, and um, I certainly thought that two players that really have been impressing me consistently over the last five rounds has been Billy Proctor. Yeah. Mate, that guy has come on so far as a centre. And Sam Gilbert. Like, two really reliable guys that are in good form at the moment. So, yeah, I couldn't decide. And, again, I've sat on the fence, so I don't know people can criticise me or not, but why not have two when they can play you, 40 you can't each. quite decide yourself?
0: Play forty each, mate. That's what they do. That's what yeah. they
2: do. All right, Marshy. Exactly.
0: Good stuff, mate. We'll let you go, uh, and you can finish off that Rory Meg, whatever it is that you got on the go there, mate. Uh, enjoy Central Otago, Central Otago Monday night,
2: mate. Pino, Pino. it's a tradition. Ricardo, don't we won't let it ever go.
0: Okay, good stuff, good stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll note that for next Monday, and I'll I'll join you with some Ribena myself. Uh, good stuff, mate. Go well, Marshy. Uh, that has been in the red with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. We we come back, Peter Alatini in the house for Pacific Flair.